the city of angels is black and gold. You are listening to the Heart of LAFC podcast. And now, Joseph Zacker. Greetings, Los Angeles. This is episode 180 of the Heart of LAFC podcast. Well, match day one was a resounding success. Guess what? There is no time to rest. We've got Seattle coming in right away, and you know how that match day goes. So before we get into the madness, let me welcome back my amazing co-host, Christine. How are you doing today? We did it, Joe. We did it. Right. Four for four four season openers in the books. Boom, boom, boom. Um, Yeah, it was. It's amazing, right? Uh, Kind of an odd thing to have, but we have it, which is a beautiful part of it. And uh, it's got to be the bank, right? I mean, it really does. Being at home in front of the supporters, there's there's definitely an extra bounce in the club step. Absolutely. How's your voice doing? Were you like shouting, which is like, is the oh. raspiness like? It's still, you could probably hear a little bit of it. It's mm-hmm. still there. It's There's still this little edge to it. And uh, <laughs> honestly, it's worth it. If you've heard old podcasts that I've done, Usually it's always low and kind of broken down like when Jerry and I were doing right. it because it was usually after a game, not too many days after. I think we're going to get back right. to that, guys. You see, as the season progresses, I'm going to sound more and more like a frog because it's just <laughs> that's how I'm going to be, especially knowing mm-hmm. that we're shorthanded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have to get a little yeah. bit extra into that mix. So. You know what you should make is some black and gold like lozenges and then like honey shots, you know, just coat everyone's throat. Maybe some lemon tea, things like that. There, we got to talk to Dweezy. Maybe get some green tea that can kind of <laughs> smooth things out a little bit. Exactly. Shout out to FCSC. Love you guys. Uh, yeah, so this has been a good a good start. Uh, more than just the game itself. Uh, as you saw, the TIFO to Mo uh, and the planning that went behind that. Uh, it was one heck of an operation to make that happen. And... As far as I'm concerned, it is the best TIFO that we have ever done by far. It's a whole nother standard um, and appropriate for the day. Um, And also seeing the club's reaction and the player's reaction to it. You could see everybody wearing the armbands. We had armbands pretty much in every cup holder uh, and the players took it on full measure. Uh, You saw the picture with the team. You saw Latif carrying the picture as well. Uh, Even after Baird scored. You know, giving it, giving a pat on the on the the shoulder band and and pointing it back to us. Mm-hmm. When I titled this thing that we stand together, I do really mean it. We always have stood together, and this was one more moment where we where we show that. So, on my end, you know, the day couldn't have been any better. And of course, we'll talk about the football, but it was appropriate for the day. I think it was fitting and uh, hard. I won't lie. I think it was hard for most of us there to get through it for the full. No, nobody. I. I don't think anybody got through the full ninety without having a, a moment to 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 breathe and reflect and struggle a little bit. But at the end of the day, we did it right. That's for sure. Um, Christine, okay. you you got a good chance to watch the game. I did. Um, you know, I I didn't wasn't able to get in the bank, uh, but I loved hearing. Um, everybody who was there, give it their all. It sounded great, you guys. You guys really did a phenomenal job. I, I'm sure, I'm positive the players really appreciated 
having your presence there. So as much as, you know, I would have loved to have been there, um, you know, hats off to you guys for showing up and sacrificing your vocal cords for the whole 90 minutes. Vocal cords and taking a little bit of heat stroke for those us down at the bottom. Right. Uh, shout out yeah. to Jimmy for getting through, like seeing double vision and still carrying on for the rest of the match. Nice. Uh, dude, what a trooper you are. And a new experience for all of us going hard with a mask on, like singing with a mask is a different experience, I must say. And, uh, to see everybody just getting better and better as the day went on. Yeah. Shout out to everybody for pulling that off. Well done. So we do have a busy episode today. So I think, uh, we're definitely going to jump into the football. Uh, first things first, let's talk about the, the match against Austin, uh, welcoming the debutants into the league. Uh, I will say that again, shout out to the Austin supporters that found their way. When I was walking into the stadium, there was about 30 of them, I'd say outside, uh, with drums and everything, getting ready to do their thing. Of course, scattered inside, they even flew a plane over the stadium. So, uh, uh, shout out to you guys for making the trip and making it happen. That being said, let's get the football here. Uh, a starting 11 for our guys. Uh, pretty typical, I think, at this point. Cisniega, of course, was the starter. Now that Vermeer is gone, we had Palacio, Segura, Murillo, and uh, Blackman. Blackman looked good, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the midfield was Blessing, Atuesta, and K. So our debate over K was settled. He was the starter for the day. And then we had... Uh, Vela, Baird, and here's the shocker, the Moose came in uh, due to Rossi being a game-time decision. He was listed as questionable and basically came down to the day of game physical to decide whether he was good to go, and uh, yeah, he, he wasn't. So uh, Moose got the moment. So that is what we had in. The other side, what we previewed in the last episode kind of held true. The young keeper took over. Otherwise, your typical starters were there. So game on, systems matching, let it rip. And I will hand this over to Christine. Uh, yeah. Give us some play-by-play. -play. How did this thing go down? <laughs> well, first off, I got to say pretty much all my predictions were off. So nobody go back and listen to the previous episode. Um, Joe, <laughs> you're spot on. But the, in my defense, I cannot have predicted. Like so much happened in 24 hours Vermeer is gone the day before. I was like, what? What's happening? Um, and of course, unfortunately, Rossi being out, you know, right before the game as well. Unpredictable. Uh, also, I was pretty surprised that Max started, but uh, we'll, we'll get to him in a little bit, but I'm uh, mm -hmm. super pleased with how he played. So, you know, just going into it, what an amazing game. Super entertaining. I thought both teams, you know, brought their A game. Austin FC. Like, this is the Bob Bradley effect. Like, when he coaches players, when he's around players, those, player go, those players go on and uh, also influence other players um, to play a very uh, high tempo, a very, uh, you know, entertaining game, full of personality, you know, full of, like, attitude in a way. Um, they didn't look like newbies at all. And I, I'm super excited to play them again and see how they're going to do out this season. I think, you know, going into it first 30 seconds, Palacios gets a shot on goal, good shot on goal too. That just, you know, set the, the tone right there that we're coming after them. And I thought for the most part, I know that there were some dips, but we were really high pressuring them that the whole time. And as I always say, I think 
defense always starts with our front three and they did a, a phenomenal job pressuring together. Um, it never works if only one person pressures because then you get that situation where, you know, you just see a poor forward kind of like running around like a chicken with their head cut off. So it really only works if everyone buys into this collective pressure. Um, and I thought that we saw Corey Baird uh, and Moose really just using what their their fitness, you know, and, and their work rate. Um, so yeah, super pleased to see that. Um, and then uh, Austin also get a couple really good looks on goal as well. Dominguez uh, gets a header, you know, right within the next, with, like, within the first 10, 11 minutes. Um, Hosen also gets a, a header on goal that's just a bit wide. Um, and then at the 22 minute mark, that's when we have our next unpredictable moment of the game. So as you guys all know, you know, that's when Baylor goes down, there's a miscommunication. He is pretty much like somewhat accidentally subbed out and Opoku comes in for him. Uh, great opportunity for the young guy. Nobody could have predicted this. And I don't know how you felt about it, Joe, but like going back and rewatching the game, I just felt so bad for Vela because there was what? so much hype, you know, this mm-hmm. is his first game back. Like, you know, his intentions are that he wants this, you know, X, Y, Z. And you just know that Vela also wants to be MVP. You know, he, I'm sure he wants to be the golden boot winner again. And for him to go out on a misunderstanding, like heartbreaking for him. Uh, how I did mean, you feel in that moment? It was hard. It was hard to see. Uh, in the stadium, it was extremely confusing. Like, what? He's going out? It didn't make sense to anybody that he was going out. And they're like, wow, he must really be hurt in stadium. Mm-hmm. Outside, I know it was obvious there was something not not quite up to snuff. But in the stadium, it was like, wait, he's hurt too? Rosie's hurt? Like, the wheels start spinning like, oh, man, we're in trouble here. Uh, yeah. In hindsight, though, I've always understood this is kind of your substitution, right? You put the hands and you put the fingers and... The signals are pretty obvious everywhere, Uh but calling for assistance is not calling for a sub. Like it doesn't make any sense when you see it. And Bob acknowledged that he messed up, Uh, but it was scary because he did extend the same leg that was injured early on. in the last time we got to start Mm -hmm. off back at the bank. So Mm -hmm. flashbacks are still going to be there. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think in a situation like this, if you could get an excuse to protect the man, you will. It's mm-hmm. just not what he wants. Like any prize fighter, you, they're never going to call themselves out of it. You have to take them out. Um, if he was really hurt that bad, maybe, but it, I did. It, he didn't come across like he was. It was just a scare. Uh, mm-hmm. Hard to see because again, you're on national TV. You've been, you've been pushing the entire time for opening day as Vela. I'm kind of take the charge. I finally have a year. I finally get healthy. Things are looking up. We have our fans in the stadium again. I'm taking players under my wing. I'm the leader of this team. If mm-hmm. I'm not the best, we're not the best. I know what I have to do. The narrative's right. And then, before we even know it, our two our two leading scorers from the past two seasons aren't right. a part of this story. And the team at the moment, at that stage, we weren't dominating this game. We weren't taking anything over. It was a back and forth. There was no suggestion we were just going to walk away with this thing in that moment. So it became yeah. a situation where it's like, wait a minute. One, they're not playing their greatest. Now you're getting a, an impact player out of the game. 
and who the heck's going to replace him, right? Right. All bad things if you think about it, except this is LAFC. And we know how deep we are this year. We've been talking about the depth and how it's getting better. Well, I guess this was the match we got to show off that, yeah, there's a little bit of depth in the squad. You're not going to replace Vela, but you can at least cover the position and do your job. And so, you know, enter Opoku and what he could provide to the game. And I honestly was impressed from the get-go with what he was doing out there in short notice. Again, he did. He wasn't prepared to go into the game at that stage, and now he's in <laughs> yeah. it, and he's dealing with Moose and Baird, who right. they haven't even played together in preseason. I know it was only two matches, but they didn't have any time together either. So I don't, I don't see anything outside of maybe training where they're getting the work together. But in a competitive mm-hmm. setting, nah, not all three of them. Nope, you're gonna have to learn it on on the game on national television. Let's see what you can do. So absolutely, yeah. it's hard. And- it was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, Apoku, I just felt like when I was watching him, um, the word that I got had in my head was like professional. He was just a pro. He came in unexpectedly and the whole game, he was solid. He didn't give up the ball. He didn't make any, you know, frantic, poor decisions. And in fact, he made some really good plays as well. So uh, I think that's what you expect and want. Um like at the highest levels professional soccer, but you don't always expect it, you know, an MLS. And I was so happy to see that he brought that professionalism during, you know, the time that he stepped on the field throughout the duration of the game, like consistency. Love to see that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So going into the second half, and you're right, really close game, you know, in terms of stats, the first half, um, we have 11 shots for us, 11 to 5, um, 9 fouls uh, for us, 3 of them, and uh, 49% uh, to 51% possession, so they're ha- actually having a slightly yep. more possession than we do. Um, going into the second half, um, our first goal comes at the 61st minute. And of course, that's the goal from Corey Baird. Amazing opening goal from him for you know, for his uh, his debut for the club. And that's from a nice pass from Moose that might have been not exactly for him, but it made it to Baird anyways. And he took it first time, um, found the corner of the goal. Takes us a, a little bit of a funky deflection, but I think it was a solid strike. And look, Baird, like uh, he. Key to me is Moose times 10. Like he has that work ethic, but he's also got like technique. He's got creativity. He's got some interesting ideas in the way that he moves and the way that he he uh, dribbles the ball as well. So I think he's got so much in his arsenal and fit just like, you know, you know when it's right, it's right, right? So if you think about him versus our previous, um, you know, winger, you said it night and day. <laughs> I was I was waiting for it because I was like, I don't want to dog right? him, but yeah, I am gonna dog him because this is what happens when you sign an actual guy that can play left and right wing rather than outside midfielder that you're trying to convert. There, mm-hmm. I said it. This guy mm-hmm. plays the position you needed in the first place, not the other guy. He was trying to train into it, and now you know the difference. Yeah. Some who someone who comes into it naturally doesn't have to think twice about his decision making, he just does it, whether he succeeds or fails. The mission mm-hmm. is there, and he's not going to hesitate. And to me, that was the best part about Baird's play. He wasn't there to make it look pretty. He wasn't there to do cutbacks. He wasn't there to show anybody up right in front of him. 
His job was to follow the system, put a ball where he thought the ball should be, take a guy Mm -hmm. if he had to take him, but play within his ability. And that goes a long way. You don't have to be the best player on the field, but if you know your level and you can play within it to be effective within a system, you're more valuable than anybody else in the field because you have done what was instructed. You have done the mission. And to me, that's what he was doing all game is he wasn't trying to go beyond what he could do. He wasn't trying to show off or do too much. He just did the job. Right. I can't ask for more from a player. He he had heart. You you could see that this is a player with heart. So for me, I'm like, well, he's a keeper. Monty, I know we was talking about earlier. This guy's a keeper. Yeah, he's a keeper. You know, like this is what we were needing in that position from the get go. And now once we get to see the Rossi Vela combo with him and he Mm -hmm. gets the extra space because they're going to have to overdo it with the other two. He's going to have a field day in this system, especially if he plays the way he just did. It's going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'd also want to mention another standout performance uh, in the 89th minute. Pablo has a big, big save Oof. from, I think it's a shot from Gallagher, um, who had a pretty good game for Austin. And uh, that's that was uh, maybe the second or third big, big save that Pablo had in the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I can't help but wonder if he didn't make those saves, if we had been tied up or if we had gone down a goal with the, you know, how that would have shifted the momentum. So amazing performance uh, by Cisniega. And I also can't help but wonder how much of that is affected by Vermeer being gone. Uh, well, what the, do you think? The pressure's off. I mean, now yeah. the pressure's to perform. That's it. Not that I'm going to lose my job. I have stability. I know what I need to do. Now I right. just need to improve my craft. Right. Having played that position and having a threat, it's a little different. Yeah, you want to play better, but there's this odd little pressure that you get, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that. Now it's just I have to do my job. Romero is still there. And I will tell all of you that Romero will ev- definitely take this job if Cisniega can't. Mm-hmm. He will, and he'll thrive in it. Guaranteed, he will thrive in this role. But guess what? Cisniega did the job. I was impressed with what he could do out there. He made some big saves. He also did a couple plays where he came out and played a little bit of sweeper keeper. At least two incidents that I saw where he came out yeah. more aggressively than he normally does. And that's a change in, in, in his mindset. That's something that obviously has been worked on in the offseason. And it came up twice where he came up and more aggressive than he normally does. And it paid off. Um, right. I will say the other thing that we benefited from is Pochettino did not have the greatest game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went in to do a job and he didn't do it. Uh, at least that's how I felt. He was fine. He was a good player, but he didn't do the expectation. He didn't perform like he's been doing in preseason. Yeah. And that came to the benefit of us. Like they outpassed yeah. us like crazy in this game. But here's the thing. They outpassed us like crazy in their own half. So you might want to say maybe we weren't pressuring as much as we normally do when teams are mm-hmm. rattling the ball back and forth. But when it came into the offensive zone, we actually had the better statistics of offensive passing and creating threats they seemed to kind of hit a wall once they got to the final third and we were able Mm -hmm. to shut it down and counter them which we did good on the counters better than them that kind of was the story of this day right is the counter play uh so that that's where i saw it i mean saves wise what they had seven we only had three um i said the two moments that came out to me the other guy that we do need to talk about and i know everybody's like oh he shouldn't start this game he shouldn't start this game was mark anthony k as far as I'm I concerned, may have said that last episode. <laughs> right? We were like, ah, you know, he's, he's rusty. 
He didn't look rusty today, guys. Not at all. He was efficient. He did what he had to do. He picked his spots. Again, playing within your abilities. He didn't try to do too much. He didn't get his legs stuck out. He didn't get caught in any bad positions because he was trying to do too much. He did his job. And that's all we needed for the day, especially knowing that we were unsettled. So a couple of things. I know you're looking at the stats, too, that really stood out. I think, where is it at? I was like, wow, that's pretty darn good. But he was almost 90% raging in his passing. I think it was wow. like 89. Um, it was, yeah. It was, yeah, it was up there. Um, yeah. He was better than the others in the midfielder in, in the midfield position. Agreed. The other guys that stood out to me, um, Segura was efficient in what mm-hmm. he was doing on the day more than Murillo was. Mm-hmm. Still, def- both defended well, but in terms of distribution, they were better. Palacios was much improved compared to what he did in preseason. Blackman yeah. did what Blackman does. I don't question it. His passing was in his at a higher rate than he normally is. It was a little down, but I think that's because of the system we were up against. You kind of limited that creativity and it gave an opening for Palacios to be a little bit more offensive minded, kind of tilted to the other side. Uh, Latif was Latif, you know, not, not ever the most efficient, but definitely the most threatening at stages. So yeah, he did his job. Uh, Moose, Again, the dummy pass that wasn't really a dummy pass to Baird was kind of his highlight moment. <laughs> right. uh, you you mentioned that he was the one that gave the pass to Vela when Vela got extended. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, long passes were good with him, but some decision-making was a little bit on a lag, I could say. Sure, yeah. Second yeah. guessing. Some of the timing, yeah. Yeah, Opoku was good. Sifuentes, uh, when he came in, of course, you saw what happened there, but... Right. And I'll keep saying that every time I see Sifuentes come in, I think we played a higher tempo. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a little bump up. And so yeah. we need to find more chances to get him in because you saw what happens when he comes in. So Absolutely. Overall in the day, did we play our best? No. But I challenge any team to take out your two top players, your two DPs, mm-hmm. right before kickoff and get a result. I don't care who it's against. We're talking about Seattle in a few minutes. Yeah, take out Rui Diaz. And tell me what they're going to do. Okay. Right. We're the only ones getting away with this. I don't see anybody else in the league that can pull that off. So be happy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, I got to say, we might not have played our best as a team, but I, that's probably the best game or one of the best games that I've seen Pablo play. And I think that's one of the most solid games that I've seen Mac play. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do get nervous every time Mac is a starter in a big game because you never quite know what you're going to get with him depending on the day. But uh, I have to give him props because he was the best midfielder midfielder of the day. Okay. I can talk. Um, And the stats show that. And, you know, on the flip side, to be honest, I think that Atuesta didn't have the best day. Um, He seemed a little unbalanced. He seemed a little like uncharacteristically, um, unaware of the pressure on his back and he wasn't completing passes. So Mac really stepped up and, and as you said, did his job, which is really just to receive the ball, open up his body, distribute to the other side of the field. Um, simple, 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 make the game simplified. And he himself always talks about that in press conferences. He's like, I'm always just trying to get back to the basics. And especially for a midfielder, that's all you want to do. It's just, Focus on the basics and execute those basics perfectly. Yeah, don't get lost in the in the shuffle. You know, yeah. you know, don't get caught up in a, a war of words or, or a tit for tat with another player. Like, don't don't get suckered into it. Honestly, though, Austin mm-hmm. played it pretty clean. 
cleaner than I expected from an expansion team. So credit to mm-hmm. them on that. Cause I yeah. think they're more worried about their system. They're building into something. Um, right. I will say though, seeing what they can do against us in the moment, they're going to have a good year. I, mm-hmm. I have every bit of confidence. This team looks like a team that will finish over 500. And that's really good for an expansion side. Um, yeah. I also think maybe the Pochettino set up in the middle and let's be honest, Alex Ring was probably the most effective midfielder for both sides in this game. Absolutely. He was all kinds of trouble for us. And that might have been why Atuesta was a bit pinned in this match because, dude, Ring is, yeah, okay, he's next level. Was Ring, like, not called on a bunch of fouls or was it just me? He times it well. <laughs> he, like, just barely. He was, like, it was just on the line so many times where I was like, is that a foul? Is that a yellow? And the ref would like let him play. And I'm like, all right, you know, I guess it was a good foul in a way. Like he knew how to execute it. But yeah, he was you know, going in hard. Yeah, he does. But that that's what he's always done. That's why they brought him in. A uh, mm-hmm. good experienced player. He's a steal that they have him in the first place. And yeah, he always knows how to get that little extra like hit. So yeah. He's not like Chara who just goes, yeah, whatever. I'll take my yellow card. Like rings careful with these things. Right. And he can also distribute too, which is dangerous. So he's yeah. kind of a Twesta's match in a way. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. Oh great. You know? And, and so they're, they're really, it is a clash of the Titans between those two. Which yeah. Explains why I think a Twesta was a bit tied up and Mac had the ability to kind of open things up and his mark, the guys that are in charge of him, they weren't. Yeah. They, he won their battle, the battle there again, Pochettino wasn't on the level I expected for the day. Like, yeah. It wasn't bad but not what we thought he was going to give on the day, which worked out good for us. So, right. yeah, I mean, that that's kind of where we're, we're at on this match. Um, mm-hmm. I did also, again, want to shout out again to Baird for, for paying respect to Mo um, mm-hmm. after scoring his goal and dedicating it to, to Mo and, and, and all of us, you know. Um, that was hard for me. I just keep singing after I saw it. I saw it and it was just stunned and, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so... Baird, you've already won us over, man. I don't think there's any question about that. But the North End pretty much loves loves the vibe, man. And and we love how much you're already looking to bleed for these colors. So again, shout out to Baird. He's to me, he's more of the story than anything else, even though Cisnega saved us at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any final takes on from you on on what we got from opening day? I mean, I'll just uh recap the last goal real quick. It was mm-hmm. in um the first minute of extra, I believe, is 90 plus one. Yeah. And really the goal comes from Apoku pressuring the back line. They, they give up the ball and Apoku dribbles the goal, um, squares it across for, um, I'm blanking right now. Was it Moose? Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. And then it, yeah. <laughs> it kind of got into a busted up play. Mm-hmm. Right. And then somehow, some way. Oh, it's for Sifu. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm, it was yeah. Sifu. It's for Sifu. <laughs> and then chaos, sorry. chaos ensued, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The total brain fart right now. Um, we've been watching too much soccer this oh, week. Yes. But, Every but yeah, part. I mean, that, that really comes from work rate. And uh, I think like we could only get sharper from here. There's a lot of things that can be. Um, refined in a way but overall i think that they did a fantastic job collectively i think one some of the highlights for me personally was defensive line it feels like a different day it feels like a new era where we can confidently say we have a really strong defensive line 
it might be one of the highlights of our team, in fact, instead of the lowlights as it has been in the past. Um, I think the Murillo Segura combination, you feel confident, you know, you feel like they um, are going to make the right decisions in the moment. And uh, yeah, like as a center back, you only really like have a short period of time to decide what you're going to do. Are you going to clear it? Are you going to go for it? Are you going to try to intercept it? Are you going to tackle this guy? Are you going to give him space? And I think they really make the right decisions. And then, you know, the the two outside backs, Tristan's got his own personality. Um, Palacios putting in so much work on that the whole length of the field. So I'm really excited to see how we're going to change as a team and sort of like get unlock the next level, the level that we want to be on, because we're going to be able to not have to worry about conceding as many goals as we've had in the past season. Well, I mean, shutouts, right? I mean, it, it is yeah. what it is. We don't get them. So this was fun mm-hmm. to see. okay opening day a shutout after you know preseason we conceded how many goals right yeah we'll take it we'll take it (laughs) we'll call it a master class even though it wasn't but we'll take it um the other things in the match yes um marvin mentioned blessing holding mo's photo that was something that really stood out on the day um taking it to the locker room definitely again our boys are di- this is this club is different I, we, I keep saying it there's nothing like this club we're different i know the ticket situation is extremely fear infuriating for all of us trust me on this my family eh, it's tough but it's kind of a lose-lose situation for them yes we get to back back in the stadium but there's no way we're gonna have everybody and and we're all gonna lose a little bit in this process uh but on the field in the moment yeah, there's nothing like LAFC and its supporter base and and the relationship that it has. So, agreed, Marvin. You're right. Blessing was again next level as was Baird. Uh, other things that that seem to be interesting is this match was the most watched soccer match of any soccer match in the United States this weekend. It beat out wow. EPL. There's a Chelsea match, I believe, or no Arsenal match. Beat it out. It was the number one. I don't remember ever hearing about that for MLS. It's not something. Oh, yeah, it's strange, right? And actually, MLS took the top two, but we won't talk about that other one. Uh, we were number one. Like, who does this? I, you know, usually it was nobody watches MLS. No, you know, it, their money comes from the gate. You, know, you don't draw. It, there's no draw to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, here's a shocker. Austin's TV market with soccer has always been strong. There's the big secret. Uh, they tend them in San Diego for some reason seem to really be strong in watching games. Oh, Go okay. figure. Uh, and then LA is okay with it, right? We have so many people, mm-hmm. but this match, yeah, next level, top notch. So uh, give a pat on your back, guys. I'm sure the 3252 and the supporters have something to do with that. Austin, of course, and and all the buzz they've created definitely have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Again, they model us because they can. Uh, they have the right fan base to model us because you go to somewhere else. It's not going to have the same vibe they have. So it makes sense that these two, t- these two sides would be so entertaining and draw so many people. So pat on the back to everybody involved. That was good to see. Um, any last thoughts on the match before we move on to some other news? No, I think we're good to go. All right. So Christine, you wanted to talk, did you want to talk a bit about Bob's reaction and what he said after the fact or anything like that? 
Yeah, I mean, Bob had, in terms of his accidental subbing out of Vela, he did have like an in-game interview where he said that this might be my fault. And, you know, I wish I could be a fly on the wall and hear that conversation after the game of how that went. Um, but I, I think that in my mind, um, he might be a little snake bit. Like, look, like they just had to pull Rossi out of the lineup. And Vela did get hurt in their opener last season. And look how our season went without him. So I think it's totally reasonable to want to be overly cautious with your star player. Um, but perhaps, you know, he just he just got a little, he reacted too fast. And that's unfortunate for Vela, but we had a whole season to go. So even if he did jump the gun, as he said, um, hopefully we can move on because we got a big game coming up. Right. I like when players yeah. are mad when they come out. I like that fight. I'm okay with it as long as they don't do something too crazy, but be yeah. mad about coming out. That's fine. I like the hunger. Right. Especially when you're the star guy and you're wearing the you're wearing the captain's armband. Yeah, you don't like that. No. Yeah. I'm good, yeah. I'm good with it. Um, other funny things. Well, this is an interesting jump. Uh, Farmer John. So that was another LAOC news thing that popped up. Farmer John's extended their deal for another year. So uh, Max Bretos is the the voice of this sponsorship. I don't know if that means he's going to do <laughs> Farmer John commercials, but that should be rather interesting. <laughs> I mean, he's in, he's in a, a hallowed group with that. I guess Vin Scully was doing that for years for the Dodgers. So uh, nice. have fun with that, Max. That's pretty cool. Can't wait to hear the plug on that one. Uh, let's see other things that stood out. Uh, the article, Christine, did you see the article about Vela and Kim Moon Hwan? Yeah, I did. And I thought that was, really awesome to hear so um kim moon Wan has basically you know approached vela in terms of you know asking him how he could just best integrate into the team and vela has been um vocal about him having like an open door policy to all his players um you know as a captain of the team if they need anything if they need advice if they just need some time um with somebody else um and i think you know, for um, Kim, he he's moving to a completely new country, uh, different language. He's learning English right now. He has a tutor. Uh, he's living here with his wife. Um, first time living in the United States or living really outside of Korea. So huge cultural slash life adjustment. Plus, he's got a little knee injury. I'm sure that's not... Um, ideal for him in terms of him wanting to come right into the season and make an impact. So he asked Villa, you know, for advice and Villa has been able to sort of uh, mentor him and give him, you know, tips on how to just think about um, being on the team going into the season. And I think being in the right mental state of mind is the most important thing. I know as a Korean person um, and especially cause he's an athlete, a lot of pressure, you know, thinking about like, what does this mean? Uh, how well do I have to perform? And I, he does feel like, okay, I have to show that Korean nationals are going to be able to perform and deliver in the MLS because that's going to set a standard for, um, you know, potential acquisitions in the future of Korean nationals. So I know that he's feeling the pressure and he wants to give it you know give it his all and and deliver and um and you know probably even be a starter so um yeah yeah so it's great to hear him and villa have been able to have that talk and 
through a translator, but be able to have conversations. Translator was Ben Chi. Imagine mm-hmm. being that guy in this situation. <laughs> Shout out right. to Ben. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, can you imagine? Uh, I have to translate a conversation between Carlos Vell and Kim Moon Juan. Like, <laughs> don't mess it up, dude. Right? <laughs> Tough. But Thank I think it that. is impressive uh, for mm-hmm. Vela to mention the open door that he has as captain. Uh, yeah. I've never heard of that from Vela in his history, like the press, the way they cover him. You're seeing mm-hmm. a, the real Vela now, I think, is what mm-hmm. you're getting to see is not his closed door. Mm-hmm. I said it, but there it is. Uh, I will say for Kim, uh, it's hard. He's a national player. And if you don't get playtime for your club, you're no longer a national player. It is that much pressure that he's under right now is he came here as a mm-hmm. springboard. This isn't the this isn't home base. This is this is a temporary situation. But if he doesn't get into the field and get into a starting role, he'll be here a lot longer than he expected, or he's heading back home mm-hmm. and he's not prepared to do that. And so even though it's early and yes, there's an injury. So it kind of gives them a little bit of a chance to adjust. That does help on the pressure side, even though it's an injury and that's scary. It still gives him a chance to kind of get, get his bearings before it actually turns into performances. So it's hard. I mean, Vela lost so much time last year to injury that, that he's a good guy to talk to in this case. It also probably has a little pressure that, 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 I mean, Blackman stepped up. He has. Right. It's going to be hard to break break into the lineup if Blackman keeps playing the way he does. Yeah, that's that's real talk. Is Blackman's? It's Blackman's job till he loses it, mm-hmm. and he has shown no signs of losing it anytime soon. So right. that's going to be added pressure for 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 Kim as well. So yeah, great article, great coverage on that. Um, it's great to see again the chemistry within the club to have that happen. Uh, let's see other stories. Well. Let's talk about it. Uh, Kenneth Vermeer is no longer a part of the black and gold. He's just a part of our history. And mm-hmm. um, a tempered, tortured kind of history, I must admit. Uh, came in with a lot of promise. Champions League experience. The best penalty shot stopper when he was in his prime in Europe. He had the best stats for a while there. So he came with promise, but was kind of a fading star back back home. Uh, came here for a little bit of resurgence, and I I really don't think the resurgence went from game to game. It was every once in a while we saw old Vermeer, and then we'd see really old Vermeer. <laughs> Sorry, but that that's what we were at, where a guy was pretty much diving before <laughs> shots. Uh-huh. Dude, that to me, that's you're making up for something when you do that. Um, coming out at the wrong times, getting caught halfway, and then not even diving on certain plays because you weren't weren't squared to the shot. So yeah. On my end, it's kind of like, well, thanks for your service, but yeah, seriously, the young guys need to take their shot because you didn't own it. Yeah. yeah. Not what we expected, I think. So uh, not a not a complete you know, loss or anything, not a complete failure, but definitely not the performance or the keeper that I think that we all thought we were going to get um, in him, unfortunately, but... Yeah, it seems like it's it's best for both both parties. Um, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen with our keeper situation in the future. Yeah, I, I honestly have a lot of hope with what mm-hmm. we have. Sis, I know Sis Nigga's had his struggles. He's young. He's had his struggles. But they were never as blatant as we saw with Kenneth Vermeer. They weren't. Yeah. 
Uh, for me, it's always been with, with Cisnega, it has been a lot of a confidence issue that I've seen mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he comes out or he doesn't come out when he needs to and he hesitates. Yeah. But I do think that's something that you can work out. That's not a permanent situation for any goalkeeper. Those are those are temporary stages in our careers, right? That's right. how it works. Yeah. But now he has Romero with him, and I can guarantee you the training sessions are going to be a little bit harder now. The two young guys. I, I ain't yeah. going to lie. I think it's going to be a little more intense. Uh, right. It should be fun. I'd love to see the sessions. If anybody's ever seen a training session with Zach Abdel, mm-hmm. they're painful. Like, Trust me on this. He sculpts his players with a chisel. Like it's like that kind of training sessions with him. Um, Younger Zach Abdel was even harder. uh, I will say, but when I have seen the sessions, I'm always totally impressed because you know, he's getting the absolute best out of his guys. So I am looking forward to this. Uh, Christine, any final takes on that? Do you think Romero's even going to challenge for the starting role or is it pretty much just Niegas to hold on to? I I think it's all, it's all Pablo. And um, I'm kind of curious if they're going to bring in another keeper, really. It's so hard to say with uh, Romero because I've seen so little footage of him. Um, But I think that he is also a promising, confident, composed young keeper. But there's just no way that Pablo is not going to be the man for a very long time. Yeah, I I see no purpose in burning maybe an international spot like we did with Romero. Or putting that kind of money into a goalkeeper when you have two that are promising. Yeah. Promising is a good thing. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. Um, I think both of them have more capabilities than Tyler Miller had as well. You know, I feel yeah. more secure with these two. Um, probably the most secure for a tandem. I'm telling you guys, Romero's legit. You'll see. Um, it's good. I'm okay with this. Works for me. Uh, so, yeah. Bye, Vermeer. Thank you for your service. Um, I'm not sure where you're going to head to next. Uh, but the best of luck under the circumstances. Uh, so any other news that you saw or we're we ready to move on to Seattle? I think Seattle time. Seattle time. There <laughs> we go. So, uh, yeah. So Seattle kind of, uh, we'll just throw the, I'll throw some backstory. So Seattle dumped a bunch of players in the off season. Some seriously good players like Erickson, right? And Leardam and kind of the guys that, stop them from getting scored on in many cases and control tempo, like the old vets, but still guys that are the character, right. Of the team. They, they kind of let them go, you know, and said, okay, we got to try new things so much so that they had to actually change their entire system of play. Okay. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So we see his team that obviously looks like it's in flux. The player they send off to go on loan gets hurt. So you lost him. So more Morris is gone too. on paper. You'd be like, Oh boy, this team's in trouble. They could be fighting for a playoff spot on paper. Yeah. Guess what? The game's not played on paper. That's not how it works. And if you know anything about their system, their coaching never write off Seattle. So Christine, how did they do on opening day? This is this was such a weird game. So they won 4-0 against Minnesota United. But if you watched the whole first half, you would not have predicted that that's where the game was going to go. Um, this includes a missed penalty by Rui Diaz in the first half. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, like, they did clean it up later on, but the first half was, like, very much resembling a pinball machine, you know, or just, like, ding, 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 ding. Just, like, chaos, really. Uh, you'd be um, 
pressed to find three string passes together. And I think they looked really unlike themselves. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the new formation. Uh, they had to pull their center mid. Atencio came in, um, played for them. He's, I think this was his, might be one of his, his first, first MLS debut. Yeah. 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 Um, he did a solid job, but still, like, not what you expect. Uh, Nicholas Deladero is out. And uh, even still, managed to win 4-0. So, I mean, the, the ice was broken. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just, you know, I honestly went in this game, and I know they own, they absolutely own Minnesota. Sorry, Minnesota, they own you. Um, <laughs> I really thought, because, yes, they lost some uh, a couple critical components in Minnesota, mm -hmm. but then they brought in some guys that could produce. Yeah. So I kind of look like, okay, we got some Argentinian connection going on here. I really thought that, that Minnesota and their goalkeeping situation. I like the young goalkeeper better than Miller. I do. I think he's really mm. good. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you saw him, even though it was a high score, it wasn't on him. Uh, mm -hmm. I really thought that, that Minnesota, this chance, and this was their best chance to, to tack one on to, to Seattle, get a little revenge. Yeah. And I really thought it was going to be a revenge match. I really did. Yeah. And then they came out. It was sloppy in the first half. Nobody really dictated anything in the first half. Right. One team's trying to figure themselves out, and the other team just looks lost. Sorry, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you were doing out there. And by the time the second half came around, well, one team found a way, and the other was in the woods. Mm -hmm. So it didn't quite work out for Minnesota. Part of me thinks a lot of the story is about Minnesota not, not functioning the way they should, but the other part of me is like, well, Seattle killed when they had to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what happened in our game, too. It's like Austin FC kind of went toe to toe with us the first half or maybe even the first 65, 70 minutes. But the more quality team is going to outlast. And that's like so much about it is really a matter of focus, you know, and, and fitness as well. Um, and I think when Zhao Paulo gets that first goal in the 49th minute, like the ice was kind of broken. And then you see the quality, um, especially of their attackers, like, you know, Rui Diaz out of this world. Amazing, amazing finisher. Like he missed a penalty, still scored two goals this game, you guys. <laughs> he doesn't let up. Man never lets yeah. up. And he just came in from quarantine. Oh, he had trouble getting his green card. Mm -hmm. Weird. Uh, so he didn't really get any chance to have preseason with these guys. I don't think he played in any of their preseason. I think it was last second I'm in throw them in wow. the game like it was like That's that wild. so so you guys know and I'll, I'll just lay out the system so they went from playing a 4-2-3-1 lock it down low block if necessary to playing which don't believe it on paper everybody says that five defenders they didn't okay they were playing a 3-5-2 you're like 3-5-2 yeah right who the heck plays that guess what Seattle does now. That's their new system. They've adopted it and we're all going to have to get used to it because you know how they are with their systems. It's to a T. That's how they do it. So it was interesting. They had Fry and Goal. Uh, this mm -hmm. is interesting. Nuhutolo is their left center back. Do you trust mm -hmm. him there? I, that's a gamble. Um, Xavier Ariaga and Shane O'Neill. That's your mm -hmm. back line. So that's see, on paper, I'm like, ooh, okay, you're going to be in trouble with this back line. Guess what? They weren't. They're fine. Um, mm -hmm. And then your, your midfield out on the left side was Brad Smith. Out on the right side was Alex Waldan. Mm -hmm. They had the kid playing defensive mid, 
mm-hmm. Academy Kid. Check that out. And then they had Christian Roldan and Zhao Paulo playing a elevated midfield. So almost like mm-hmm. two attacking midfielders at times. Mm-hmm. Right? So you, what they yeah. did was they sacrificed they sacrificed a defender for an attacking midfielder to have a tandem up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try getting the ball out with those two. Okay, so I yeah. see where it works, right? It presses much higher with this. And then their front line was Raul Diaz and Will Bruin. And yeah. in case you were wondering, their super sub is Montero. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. Montero is your super sub. So that is what they're playing now. When they're showing all the F5 in the back, well, yeah, Roldan and Brad Smith can drop low if they have to. So you could clog mm-hmm. your back line if necessary. So that is what I saw. They would transition that way. But then they could yeah. also jump in, and one of those guys could kind of play as a <laughs> as a striker at times if he wants to, like a winger. So it's yeah. very dynamic, their new system, if they get it right. And it took them a half to get it right, and now they have it right. Yeah. So add in the fact that you could take an academy kid out, and and who's going to go into that, that position now to defensive midfield against us? Because I guess he's healthy now. Nico Ladero. Oh, Ladero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ladero is traveling. That's what I've heard. He'll be here on Saturday. So you take the right. kid out, you put Ladero in. You tell me how that midfield is going to play out against us. We got three. They got five. And yeah. your core is Ladero, Roldan, and Jao Paulo to, to surround uh, to surround a twist and battle with K. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, we, we thought they were weaker, but they're not. Sorry, they're not. It just it just stressed me out, Joseph. I just got stressed out thinking about this. <laughs> nah, I'm ready for a heavyweight fight. Is what I'm ready for. Yeah. Uh, that that's what I see with this new system. Is it? It seems like it's built to come at us in a way and overload our system. It mm-hmm. does feel like kind of like the kryptonite for a four three three this way. The only mm-hmm. problem is when you have three up top like that and they have three in the back, you can definitely overwhelm that and get around it. Especially if your wingers are effective on the day. Again, if you have Rossi, you have Vela, and you have Baird flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you know who comes in behind them. I could see, especially with Tolo, like you're isolating Tolo with Vela. Mm-hmm. I see a mismatch. Uh, yeah. And then you have Shane O'Neill versus Baird, maybe. And it can is- if you isolate that, that can be fun. And Ariaga yeah. just does Ariaga's job. He's a good player. I don't yeah. question that guy at all. He's really good. So... It's going to be, to me, a heavyweight back and forth. We're going to trade goals. I expect that last time. I don't see the low block even developing with this unless they really want to throw five in the defense, mm. which Brian Schmetzer. Yeah. Can and yeah. you know what's going to be fascinating is just how our new back line is going to deal with Rui Diaz and Bruin and, you know, Ladero if he is, you know, starting that game. Um I, I want to see them. I want to see how they're going to be tested really at the, like, this is such a good like litmus test to see how our new system is going to do for the rest of the season for me. Yeah. I think it's unique though, because of their system though. I think everyone else is going to still mm-hmm. throw five in the midfield and have two defensive mids in the, in this case, yeah. instead of two offensive minded players. So yeah. that's a change. Um, right. I think they're unique. I really do. Um, yeah. and we'll see if it's sustainable again. They have a lot of players over 30. We don't That's a lot true. over 30. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll see if the like, okay. First month of the season, they're going to be gangbusters. I do think that they're not going to stay healthy playing the system throughout the season. 
especially with so many isolated mm. players in certain places. I think they're putting themselves at injury risk with the system they have. Mm. Prove me wrong. We'll see. But I, I do think that on the day it's going to be hard for us, but long-term they could fade with this system and it could get figured out. No, I think that's definitely, I have to think about that a little more, but uh, that's definitely an interesting take. We should keep an eye on that and see, see how their players do. Cause it is, you're right. It is kind of like asking a lot from certain players, maybe not effectively using other players. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see how that plays out. I just think Tolo is the danger man in this situation. I know he's got to get a lot mm-hmm. of skill, but yeah, isolated that way. I, I okay. Mm-hmm. I welcome Vela to have fun with that matchup. I really do. In our in our case, it's the midfield. We're going to be in a war. That is really tough having those guys around you for a Twesta. He's going to have a hard day. And, and you know, Atencio didn't do bad either. Even if Ladero can't play. Like he, he did not have a bad game at all. He was great. He was one of yeah. the most effective players on the field. Um, right. By far, by far. He was very efficient in what he did. He knows right. the system perfectly. Uh, he yeah. probably adopted it faster than everybody else. So yeah, they have depth now guys that we didn't expect. And it's younger depth. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's my vibe on Seattle in terms of a starting lineup. Do you see any changes for, for us in this case? You know, the only change that I was thinking about is, and I'm probably wrong because <laughs> I was completely wrong last um, episode, but Blessing to me is a little bit, based off of his performance the first game, he's a little bit of a question mark for me. Um, I'm not sure if his work rate in the last game translated to actually creating opportunities, but I do know that in a game like this, maybe blessing is needed, but I do worry that he's going to maybe give up some fouls, you know, um, maybe put us in a dangerous position. If he sort of dives into fast, um, you know, get us sort of caught on counters because we know how amazingly well sounders do in terms of those quick counters. So I don't know. What do you think about blessing? I mean, he's got to deal with Roldan and Smith on his side. Yeah. I would rather have Sefuentes in that situation. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I'm i good with both, but I think in this case, I think Sefuentes is the better the better weapon uh, in in this moment. Right. I'll, be proved, I'll be proven wrong, and, and they'll reward Blessing for, for good work last week. But yeah. I, I do think that in terms of the matchup, I would really like to see Sefuentes in this mix. Um, right. The other thing, I, how many times have we seen Palacios get to face these guys? It hasn't really been a thing, right? Yeah, at least that four, yeah. at least the four backline that we're we're slated to have this week, we've mm-hmm. never really had all four of them be able to show up at the same time against these guys. We've always had somebody missing. So exactly, this is yeah. this is going to be the real test. Like if you, this is going to be one of the hardest games that we play this season. I think. Um, always is obviously mm-hmm. with uh, Seattle, but I think this is going to be like show us if like all the improvements that we think we've made on the defensive side are, are true and legit, and you know if, if we can really um, step up to the plate against some the best, you know, the best of the best. And we have to find an answer for Ruby Diaz. Yeah, guy hurts us every time. 
I have to find a way. Oh, Diaz, man. Yeah, if I could steal a player, that would be the guy. So straight up, that guy is just dynamite. So there's our issue. You know, are we going to do it? Is our midfield going to be able to track back and prevent anything at the top of the box from burning us? Because you could see they could hit it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Lots of questions, and we'll get our answers on Saturday uh, in, in live and direct and national TV once again, because we're always on national TV. Three o'clock mm-hmm. start yet again for the national audience. We'll probably be the top-rated game again. Don't be surprised by that if we're showing up in the ratings. So... It's all setting up lovely. I we might have more people at the bank at this one. Not confirming that, but there's things in motion. We saw the Dodger game, what they're doing. So mm-hmm. um every game I'd expect that we might have a little bit more each game because it's just natural having the lowest uh positivity rate in the country right now mm-hmm. that you'd expect to be rewarded for that. So Let's see what happens by that time. I've seen a lot of people on there, and we're seeing the comments from our from our Heart of LAFC family that a lot are going to the game that they're getting that the email. So, nice. yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, and and I hope everybody gets their chance and we get the normal more than we normal sooner than we expect. So, yeah, there is that um, news from around the league. I'm not going to get too heavy into it. I know we're almost at the hour mark already. Um, I can say there were some surprises on the day. There were some shockers. There were some expectations. The Philadelphia Union Columbus match was supposed to be the clash of the Titans. Shield holder, cup holder, ended in a 0-0. Uh, I do believe the match was decided by the goalkeepers and that display they put on because the chances were there. And there should have mm-hmm. been goals in that game. I say both of them will be tough for us this year. Uh, they are who they are. And uh, Columbus just got that much better with the motion, the movements they made in the offseason. Um, other ones, uh, the Miami Carson game. I can't wait to play both of those guys. If we get a chance, we'll take them both out. New York City SC is not looking in as far as I'm concerned, so I can't wait to play them either. Um, Vancouver was the shock to me over everyone else. I, I can't believe Portland struggled against them. Uh, what the heck was that about? But Portland looked lousy on the day, and uh, I hope they stay that way because I love beating them. So that was interesting. Uh, Toronto having issues. I, I think it's probably Champions League and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. extra games and being fatigued. But yeah, Montreal looks real. Didn't think that was going to happen either, but it's there. So the league to me looks a lot more competitive, and the goals were really pretty. I think that's my my take is check out the goals because they were really nice this week. So, Christine, mm-hmm. did you get a good chance to look at the games this week? You know, I, not really. I kind of looked at the scores, but mostly I saw, I mean, the Jao Paulo goal, <sighs> everyone is saying is going to be, you know, goal of the season. I don't think that's going to be goal of the season, but it was Dude, nice. There were other goals in the league this week that were probably better than that one. That's how good right. it was this week. So, yeah. A lot of long distance blasts. I don't know what that's about, but we're getting stronger. I think that's what it is. You know, this MLS versus two years ago is not, it's not the same anymore. Literally we're getting stronger. (laughs) It is. It really is. So uh, I'm just enjoying watching it. Uh, So that would be my impressions is there's a lot of new teams that look pretty good this year not new, but teams you didn't expect. Even Chicago look competitive. Are you kidding me? Does that mean everyone's competitive this year? I, I wow. heard uh, Cincinnati's not wasn't that bad either. 
No, uh, they scared Nashville. Nashville got yeah. a little fortunate in the one goal that they scored. I think it was meant to be a cross from Leal, but it still went mm-hmm. in. Um, Nashville will get it straight. I think it was just they got caught. A goalkeeper made a really bad error in that game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I, again, everyone's a little more competitive. I think the only guys that are going to be bomb dwellers when it's said and done is probably going to be Miami. Y'all, y'all going to be bad. You're all old and you play in hot weather. Sorry. It's just <laughs> the way it is. And even with your extra DP, you're still not. Not gonna make wow. it. Wow! Wow, Joseph. I called it. I mean, they did. They have to change. They did roster changes because they cheated and it didn't pay off. So, <laughs> oh, they yeah. are who they are. You know, if you want to be the new Chivas USA, go right, right the head, the heck ahead. I do think Hercules has a point on that one. If you saw any ESPN FC, they're really poorly run, and mm-hmm. uh, the solutions aren't there. The promises aren't being paid off on, and so, so good luck to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Or wherever they're playing. The old replacing Lockhart, but whatevs. Um, so that's that. We're gonna be good. The West is gonna be strong. The East looks even better, and it just seems to be a good competitive MLS this year. It could be a full season if we all play our cards right. So I'm gonna enjoy yeah. it. You're gonna enjoy it, right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No no life for the next few months, only watching freaking MLS games. So I yeah. am all for it. I really am. And those who are dogging this league, I think they're they're missing out because there was some good football this weekend. That's Absolutely. for sure. Uh, beyond that, I do want to give a shout out to the LAFC Fantasy League. Um, yeah, guys, I think I did better than I expected since I only had like two hours to figure out what I was doing. But uh, I'm in second <laughs> place in the whole thing right now. What? That's amazing. Yes, right? I thought I'd be 50th at this point, but I'm second. We shall see how long that lasts. Um, I'm mad because I had Blackman on the bench rather than starting in this one. Oh, no. Bad me. Why? Because I had other guys I thought were going to do something. Uh, And then he got like the most points of any defender in the league that would have put me in first place. So there it is. It would have been first place, guys. But I made a bad decision and didn't start Blackman. Why? But Mario was (laughs) starter. So that, that was nice. Okay. So there is that. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Christine, any other comments or anything you want to share before we jump into our listener reactions and Q&A tonight? I think we should go to the listeners. Boom, boom, boom. So as you guys know, Heart of LAFC community, we always want to hear from you guys. I know you haven't put a lot of comments up today as we were doing the show because I like saving it for the end so we can feature what you guys say. Mm-hmm. Call me selfish. But that's what I feel like doing today because you all deserve the feature anyway. So uh, I'm going to show these off and we'll see what we have to say. I see Marvin's asking people about going to the Seattle game. Uh, I will be at the Seattle game. I will definitely be at the Seattle game. So here's Marvin Chavez. Um, I found out by the email that I guess my family is on the list this week. So that means we're going to miss the car, the Carson game. Cause right. If you yeah. do it, then you're out until everyone gets to go. That is the setup guys. So if you get one early, guess what? You're going to sit for a while. So yeah. yeah, they got called up. So it looks like my family gets to go to this one, but I mean, we had season tickets since before the name was even like official. So there it is. Mm-hmm. So we're going to burn our tickets this week. There it is. Um, yeah. Uh, Christine, are you going to be going into the game press pass or anything like that? Um, for some of the home games, I will be, but uh, they're also limiting press. 
So uh, yeah, sadly I wasn't able to get into the opener because they, you know, they had to cut down a lot. Um, but you know, like I told everybody last episode, don't be sad if you can't get in. So I was like, Christine, take your own dang advice. Don't be sad. Watch the game. Be happy. So I just tried to console myself. <laughs> but, I'm quite uh, literally yeah. sad for all of you, including yeah. you, Christine. I mean, I, it's incomplete. You know, we're there, yeah. but we're not all there. So right. I'm only going to feel we're, really good we're, when we're all there. We're close. There I am. Let me be the depressed guy at the game. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I like Marvin. Uh, I love this comment. He says, you won't miss Galaxy because June, the whole stadium opens up. Yeah, I think the 15th, officially, everything's supposed to completely open up, and we're showing the numbers to do that. So you might be right, sir. From your lips to God's ears, let's make sure that happens. Wear your mask, people. Uh, other things. Carson's until August. You're right, Al Hopkins. That is true. So we should do the job and make it happen. Marvin's spending crazy money on tickets. I can't blame you, though. It's I, I understand. The love is there, uh, yeah. but I hate the scalpers doing it and I will make my diatribe on that. You scalpers are scum. There you go. Uh, charging $400 for opening day was evil. I hope you lose your season tickets because you aren't one of us. If you're charging that, sorry, but you're not leave. We don't need you go to Carson. That's Carson stuff. Uh, they would, if they could, so we know where you stand. It's not a good price if it's over face value if you're in the north end, as far as I'm concerned. So there you go. Uh, I don't, I, I don't dig it. You know, especially if you're a season ticket holder, like you're getting this excellent situation, and then you profit. Yeah. So, whatevs. Um. All right, let's keep going. Let's see. We've got <laughs> begging from Al, Brendan. Uh, we miss you, brother, from Australia. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll get you soon. Uh, I love having you come on, so it'll happen to happen again. Yeah. Uh, Al again uh, says, yes, honestly, Seattle should always be considered a favorite until we take them in the playoffs. Well, yes, they mm -hmm. always break our hearts when it counts the most, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They own us in a way. We've had great moments, but they've always had the ones that meant the most. So I hate those guys just for that. Uh, yeah, the field is closed because of restrictions. That is true. Uh, limits are there, but it's for our own safety. I know we want more people. We'll get them. Brendan, you're right. We are the favorites of the bookies, but the bookies don't play on the other side, right? Gambling is gambling. Yeah. How many times does the does the favorite make it in this league? Yeah, I would say yeah. completely ignore that. I hate being a yeah. favorite. <laughs> Call yes. us the underdogs until we win something. Yeah. Again. Absolutely. Again. Um, hmm. I think there I was like, a question. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Al Hopkins says, I think Blessing earned to start again after running 11 kilometers last game. <laughs> he did run 11 kilometers last game. The man was, was possessed in that case. So I yeah. get it, dude. I get it. He did earn it from his efforts. But tactically, I think this is the other story. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark Lopez says, yes, he did call the clean sheet last time. Uh, yeah, this one, not calling a clean sheet. Sorry, I'm not. As long as there's a Rui Diaz on the field, clean sheets don't exist. There. Uh, LAC Seattle are the best games. You're right, Al. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, to me, they're the premier of the West. Right. Yeah. 
there and then seeing how portland has dropped off when that wasn't expected uh they need to find themselves to get back up to it but it would be the three of us to be honest uh nestor says i see sifuentes as a starter and blessing as our super sub Mm-hmm. Just like in CONCACAF Champions League, I would agree with you. And I th- always have liked blessing the best off of the bench. Yeah. Sorry, Latif. I love you, man. But when you come off the bench, you're absolutely cruel to the other side. So, and Christine's like nodding her head, right? You agree. <laughs> really, like, makes so much sense, especially the way that he plays. And, like, when you bring in somebody, you usually need them to bring in like an extra la- level of speed um and like to infuse like a level of fitness because people are fatigued and that's exactly what he does so i agree with you nestor agree and then i like roberto uh espinoza says hot take a poco over moose <laughs> i'll double the hot take i don't think they play the same role um, yeah moose is a target man a poco is a, a outside runner um, I wouldn't want to put a poco back to a poco back to goal, right in the center role. I don't think he'd really thrive yeah. there. He's better on the outside, but you know how we play this shifting system. So I get their moments there, anyways. But yeah, mm-hmm. so poco is much more mobile than Moose is. Right, and his passing was better on the day. I think I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, he was better on the day. That is true. I agree. I totally agree with you. Uh, but the roles are different. Uh, I like this by Nestor. Nestor S, I see Rosie and Veli, Vela. Wow, Veli, what is that? Uh, Rosa, Rosie and Vela playing a full match in this upcoming game. Christine, your take on that? I do not see that happening because Rosie, you know, he had a knock that was significant enough that he couldn't play at all this opening game. And I think they're going to be extra careful with our guys. You know, we got a lot of games going forward. Uh, so. Maybe Vela, depending on how he's doing, but I would say not. We'll see. I'm gonna say they both start the day, mm-hmm. but a full ninety is not expected. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and especially because like we have the ability to to sub somebody in who's gonna get the job done, depending on where the game is. But uh, like you also have to consider like the. Like imagine a full 90 not being completely healthy against the Sounders. That's a big ask. As they're beating you up all game. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is lovely though. Like Rosie goes out and a Poku comes in. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Right? Yeah. That's really nice. Um, yeah. And Moose probably a sub situation as well in this match. But yeah, they're both starting. I totally think they're starting. Uh, Al was talking about restaurants not playing. So it was really rough because national TV kind of puts us against all of the other sports and it's competitive. So yes, you're right, Al. It's kind of rough with the, with the TV situation. You threw that on there. Uh, Roberto, most games are nationally televised and it's for the East Coast folks. And it seems like we're always the televised game. So there's that. We don't have a TV deal apparently. So we need it anyway. Uh, definitely don't go to... There you go. Definitely go for watch party, outdoor pizza, tater tots, possible meat sub. I know what he's talking about. He must be talking about the party beer, right? The new sponsor. I just met those guys at the last game. Cool people. Season ticket holders. Like, hey. Um, Yeah, LAFC beer. Yeah, party beer. There it is. So they're right there. Uh, Yeah. Shout out to party beer. I had a cool talk with them. Uh, 
they're in it for the right reasons, guys, and I can't wait to get my hands on some of that stuff. So there's that. Yes, I'm causing panic attacks. I do that a lot. Ask Christine. Kind of my way. Jessa's trying to cause panic attacks from what? Oh, from talking about the Sounders? Yeah, to, to <laughs> messing with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like Roberto. Five, yeah, five changes is hard to keep up with. You're right. Yeah. Now, you know who's going to have a hard time keeping up with five changes in this game? The Seattle Sounders. So feel a little better with that because they don't have five subs to give. We do. Yeah. We're still competitive with five. They're not. Yep. Facts. And it's a day game and half of them are over 30. So hey, hey there it is. Get them late. <laughs> Get them late. Uh, Al Hopkins. He's talking about Raheem. Can we even mention Raheem playing in this mm -hmm. game? And he did play well yeah. as far as I'm concerned. He did his job. So mm -hmm. that was cool to see him come in for the little time that we saw him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Raheem, Raheem. It's coming up a couple times. Mm -hmm. Now they're talking about the extension to Atuesta. Okay. So the rumor on Twitter is that Atuesta is getting an extension. They haven't given times yet. I will say in that case, I hope and pray that's the case. Let's hope there's like a transfer, like, fee like window on there or something where it's like he's got a price and it has to be that price or higher right so you don't get undercut um yeah. but he, definitely the man's earned a raise so i'm all for it if it keeps us on for, keeps him on for the entire season because i don't want to lose him this year i want to win an mls cup so good curious about extension we'll hear more tomorrow i'm sure guys uh let's see a lot of talk from the guys as you see here from a twist to talk Good. Some from some Vermeer's talk from Al again, talking about how Vermeer was good in the Champions League. Mm -hmm. He made good saves, but I think his distribution, his positioning wasn't what I wanted. So there. Uh Danny Boy. I'll give a shout out to Danny Boy. He says LAFC a great win and awesome way to start the season. No DPs got the victory. Two goals and a clean mm -hmm. sheet. I dare anyone in MLS to survive with no DPs on the field. I dare them. I dare them to. There isn't a single one in this league that can get a win without their DPs, except us. So yeah. I'll be spoiled. I'll act that way, but it's true. Uh, nobody is as heavy as us without their DPs. We can still do the job, and we proved that. Um, Al, you're right. Vela was mad at the Galaxy game where he got taken out. Mm -hmm. You're right. I love I love the fire. The fire is a good thing. Have it in yeah. you. Um, uh, let's see other conversations. Yes, Beard was class, so was Blessing. You guys are right. Mm -hmm. So I keep running down the line. Here we go. Here we go. Chase the sun from Brendan. Brendan. There you go. Yeah, I called it. We're all standing together because, dude, we really did stand together in this one. Finally, together, together, we're at the match. So that's why I did that. Uh, Marvin. His MVPs in the day were Poco, Corey, and Cisnega. I like your choices, sir. I think you're right in that in that nice. sense. But I will throw K into the mix as well. You're like, what? Yeah, I did. You know, I don't know about right. MVP. I think, uh, yeah, I think. What's well, like a, his own individual category of MVP? Like you did it. You get a gold star. <laughs> exactly. Thumbs up and a gold star. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Corey Baird was the story in Cisnega. Everybody was super impressed, more impressed than we've ever been with a winger in the last two years, except for, you know, the big boys of Rossi and Vela. So there, I said it. 
shout out to the pod father, Jerry Jimenez, you and your San Diego soccer's. I hate y'all, not you, but I hate the soccer's. So yeah, as you know, they won it. They took out the fury in the final. Yeah. A little controversial in that match, I will say, uh, but they did their job. They got it done. They always win. It is what it is. What it is. So, Jerry, all good, man. Are you working? So, if you don't know, Jerry actually works for the Soccers now and uh, was on the field doing photos and media. So, there it is. Nice. Uh, got it done. Yes, Pee-wee, you're right. We did get it done without Vela. Mm-hmm. Brendan, they are not leaving for Australia. The interview was friendly to Australia, but they're not leaving. So. We're not giving him up, sir. I don't know. Yeah. How many Tim Tams would it cost to get Vela? That's the question of the day. So there we are. Uh, Bear did have something to prove. You're right, Roberto. And I think that's kind of where we're at now. Then we can jump on to the last comments. Here we go. Down to the bottom comments that have been firing as I did this. Uh, Let's see. Oh, there's a new pizza vendor at the bank. <laughs> I haven't that tried is, them yet. That is news I am very invested in. Right. People, I guess tr- try it out and let me know. I'll try it out. I won't try out Trejo has tacos. I had that at um farmer's mm-hmm. market and I wasn't impressed. So there it is. Get better. Um, okay. not ha- if you don't have handmade tortillas, don't give me the taco. I don't care. So there. Yeah, Trejo, what's up? Yeah, man. Handmade, ta- handmade tortillas, man. It's a thing. You got to do it. So, there. There's Jerry. He's giving the shout out to me. Yeah, brother. It was good to see you at the stadium, man. Looking forward to seeing you soon, brother. When things all get a little bit more normal, definitely paying you a visit, man. For sure. Oh, Red Lion's open back up. Red Lion, get your German food. There you go. Good stuff. Any more comments, guys? Throw them my way. I think we're getting close to the end here at 117. We're closing things out. So I'll give you one more comment, one more comment. Is that it? Are we calling it? All right. So guess what, Christine? You know what that means? It's time I have no time. idea. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, the shocker, shocker. Final comments. Go for it, Christine. Hey, wow. There's so much that's happened in the last week. I feel like I've, like, aged like 20 years in this past week um really grateful for our season opener and lovely to see everybody who put in work um into the tifo and the tribute and uh, the team itself and the staff it was amazing and uh, everything that we could have asked for so um, i'm happy for everyone who got to see it live i just got my second vaccine dose so um, I'm extremely excited to be able to go visit my parents in a couple of weeks, do a lot of things that I haven't been able to do for over a year. And uh, I guess I, I always reiterate this, but I would like for everyone to continue to be patient and be safe and wear their masks because that'll help us, um, you know, speed up this process where we can get back to normal. Um, and yeah, I also like would would like to mention that a lot uh, has happened. Um, there's been, you know, a lot in the news, and I, I want to extend my um, my prayers and my and my work and my and my thoughts and my energy to you know uh, men, women, and children, um, particularly black men and women and children who've been shot or harmed this past week. Um, it seems like it's become even more and more prevalent. And 
for me, football and community and um, everything about my life is interconnected. And I want to be able to honor that by mentioning um, that, you know, those families are on my mind. And, you know, for everyone in our community who feels impacted by that, um, you're on my mind. And I hope that you're able to reach out to friends and family and receive support and to care for yourself, um, to take time for yourself in these difficult moments. Um, and that let's uh, let's do our best to you know thrive um, and uh, be good to each other. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the next game, Joseph. Um, and thank you for another great episode. Thank you for all our listeners as well. Thank you, Christine. Again, I can't match the things she says in this case. Uh, again, love has to win the day and vigilance has to win the day. Be vigilant. Help your fellow Angelino. Uh, look out for others. Violence is a horrible thing and hate. And the only way we defeat that is being vigilant and being united against it. Our unity is always going to be the weapon that defeats these type of people. So stick with it. Be honest. Call it out when you see it. Um, and yeah, be vigilant. Um, on that note, I will say thank you everyone who for making opening day what it was. Um, giving giving the, the respect to, to Mo and his family that they deserved all the way across the board. I think it went way beyond expectation um, on how things turned out on the day. And we all know that that this season is definitely dedicated to Mo. He is our guardian angel. Uh, without a doubt, he'll he'll always be looking over us. Um, and you did him right this week. Keep doing it. Keep giving everything you have, game in and game out. We're on a mission this year. We all know what that mission is. So give your all. The club will give their all. We'll all get back together and have our moment together in the bank again by the time the fall comes around. I, I am confident in that. So on that note, again, love your fellow Supporter and Angelino, look out, and of course, stay golden. Thank you for listening to the Heart of LAFC. Make sure to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Shoulder to shoulder, the black and gold is taking over.